this pod brought to you by nobody. I hear that all the time when I turn on a pod. You know, someone's got a Kill Tony's got ten minutes of sponsors. I'm like, oh my god! I mean, I got to fast forward through that. I'm sorry. I just I can't listen to all that. This pod brought to you by and yeah, of course I'm jealous. Be nice to have. Who knows? I would say not thousands or tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in sponsorship. Could you imagine, right? I'm 60 years old, right? And I've never achieved the status that I thought that I could get uh, when I was 24, right? Starting to do comedy, thinking... First of all, that was the Eddie Murphy days. That's when I used to compare myself to Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that's healthy. That's what I've been going through for 36 years of stand-up. I don't just do stand-up, you know, because I love stand-up or because I'm proud of myself and what I write. I'm a comparable guy. I just have to put myself up against everybody. Oh, well, Eddie Murphy at the age of 30 was here. You should be here by now. That's what I used to do to myself. I still kind of do it. Now it's Kill Tony. And before Kill Tony, it probably was Mark Marin, And before Marin, it was CK. You know, it's just, I don't know. That's got to be normal. If you're in business and you run a pizza place and you see that other pizza places are doing much better or get more recognition or people talk about those pizza places, you're like, well, I got to do better. I got to make my pizza. And that's, it's not going to happen all the time. Look, it doesn't, it didn't happen to me. I'm still here talking into my Apple computer by myself, making a pod that goes nowhere. (laughs) And I'm, I'm okay with it now better than I was at 24. See at 24, you have all of that hope. At 60, hope is not really there. And it doesn't bother you because you're more like, well, I just don't want my back to hurt. You know, I have other problems. Um, I hope um, I don't get in a car accident. I hope I have money. I hope I don't piss off my wife. You know, you got other problems other than... I got to achieve Eddie Murphy's status by this age. Or how come I'm not on the Johnny Carson that started, then Letterman, and now it's like, well, there's not a TV show I want to be on. Isn't that weird? So that hope has gone away because it's impossible. There's no show that I really care to be on. I don't, I don't know what I would do if, if I got a call from Jimmy Fallon or um, the other Jimmy and they said, hey, look, we'd like you on a show. I'm at that point now where it almost does not matter to me because I would be like, okay, I got to get on a plane, go to California, get dressed, comb my hair. You know, it's, it's, it's to that point, folks. And don't say it's depression. It's not depression. It's just boredom. You know, there is a time for everything. And if you don't do it in the moment, in that time frame, you lose it. You lose the interest. And I was really gun ho about living in New York City. And shit, that started 2009. I wanted to live in New York City. 2019 is when we actually moved there. Ten years later. 
and then COVID hit and I had to pay six months of rent and not live there. And that was a disaster after building for six months, a little room to do comedy in and I was meeting people and it was going well. So I lost that motivation. It's not like it's a big deal because other things happen and you feel good, by the way, when you overcome some of these ideas that you really had to do and then you realize, eh, not that big a, not that big a deal, right? A lot of times I'll lose weight. I'm an up and down guy, like a 10, 15 pound range. And I'll be adamant, I gotta lose 10 pounds. And then I lose the weight. I can't eat the shit I wanna eat. And I get cranky. And then I'm like, well, what do I gotta look good for? And I start eating, the 10 pounds comes back, and it's boredom. Boredom, a distraction. Very important, I think, to continue to figure out what interests you, what keeps you running at high levels, you know? Not low levels. Low levels are very easy for me. I can sit and watch television and lay on a couch and oversleep and does that sound like depression? <laughs> it's not. Don't overanalyze this. Don't call into this show and tell me that I need to see somebody. Well, I don't have a number for you to call in. Don't email me and say, hey, you need help. No. No, I, I know my patterns now, which is... Could it be ADD? I hate to believe that that's, a, that's real. Uh, they just overdid it. You know, they pushed everybody into these slots or corners and labeled everyone with, you have ADD and you need medication, and they overdid it. Some of this can be solved without medication. Some of this can be solved without analysis. It's just you have to know who you are. For me, it's just go do something you're not that interested in doing because from there you will achieve something else that you will like. It's the, oh, you know what it is? It's delayed gratification. I like all the rewards without the work and that doesn't work, folks. You have to put the work in to get the reward. So if you overcome the idea of delayed, if you can understand and handle delayed gratification, you know, it's not fun to sit and write comedy for hours uh, and then go test it club after club or night after night. I say club after club. There's no more clubs. I do the shitty one-nighters with very few people because at this point, I'm on that hill that's on the downside, not on the upside. Like, I'm not moving up into the better venues uh, except corporate-wise. Corporate-wise, people still want to hire me because I know how to handle the business corporate setting comedically. I'm really good at that. Uh, Club-wise, it's a lot of younger people who are not interested in the life of a six-year-old man. So you have to think about what your audience wants to hear. You know, entertainment in general is not suited for older people. Um, they don't. They don't go out. They don't party. They don't dance. They don't laugh. Uh, they don't do much. I generalize a lot, and that's tough shit. Okay, because I don't feel like disclaiming everything I say. You know, for someone who's, who says, well, not every old person, well, fuck you, not every old person. I'm, you know that I don't mean every old person, okay? See the anger? And that comes from good living. 
good living for many, many years and understanding the world. Um, but old people in general, you know, because you have to generalize to get through uh, a discussion. You know, you can't even do it statistically. Well, you know, 87% of old people don't do what you're saying, but there's a 13% core of other people that will go down. Yes, and I'm one of them, you idiot. You see me doing stand-up at my age. I'm still out there. I'm still, I go dance. I party. But typically, I talk to a lot of people because I try to get people to come to shows or I talk about shows. And, well, we stay home or we get a bottle of wine with the neighbor and we put a fence between our yard with a gate so we don't have to walk around the house so we're in our backyards together with our neighbor. I mean, neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. I, I see this a lot. Uh, I'm not a neighbor guy. I try to be as much as I can, but I don't live in the same place long enough to establish some type of relationship with neighbors. Uh, and when I say live, yeah, I own a house for 15 years, but I'm not there all the time. You know, what typically what people do is they live in their house, they know their neighbors, and they go golfing with them and fishing, and they're on a bowling league, and they have a Saturday night cocktail party on the patio, and I can't do that. My life is, well, I got a show this Friday. I got a show Saturday. I got to go to Florida. I got to go to Denver. I got to go to Baltimore. You know, so I'm not reliable. Nobody wants to party or hang out with an unreliable neighbor. Don't you understand? You can't rely on me. Sometimes I show up. Where was I on this neighbor thing? What the freak was I talking about? I don't want to rewind this tape to listen to it. But, oh, yeah. So that's what people do. They don't go out much. I mean, I talk to people who have never been to a comedy club. Wow. Or their favorite comedian is still Johnny Carson. Uh, that's insane, right? That people are still talking about... I thought I turned off the recording. Hopefully it's still recording. It doesn't show red anymore. Oh, boy. Hold on. Hold on. And I got to tell you something about this. This is kind of funny, too. Is that, yeah, it's not recording. Or is it? Are you recording, computer? Please answer me. It'd be nice to know. Because if I have to turn this off, <laughs> I would hate that. It says audio recording. See, Mike's not here. Donnie's not here no more. And I'm all my expensive computer equipment is all my podcast equipment is in a closet right now because we transitioned we moved away from florida we took the stuff and we ended up uh now living in a different state in ohio right now just for the time being i'm looking for a place in florida again yeah i might go to texas for a little bit we just got my daughter out of new york because she didn't want to be there no more so probably not hitting new york as much Shit, hold on. Yeah, it was recording. So now I got extra work I got to do. Now I got to splice these two together like I did last pod. Like I was saying, I have thousands of dollars in pod equipment that I bought on the run-up. Remember I said about motivation? When you get motivated to do something, when you have it in you and you have the energy. Yeah, there was a point where I said, okay, let's do this. Let's get the desks, let's get the pod mics, let's get the uh, the, the Rode 
whatever it is that Donnie was operating, which is some type of recording device, the mixer, the blender. Is it a blender or a mixer? We had desks. We had a separate studio. And then, oh, wow, the energy was, it was going away. And um, yeah, I, I blame both sides, Mike and me. Mike was, I don't know, he was not as happy as I wanted him to be. I think he wanted to get paid by me directly. More money, more money never came from the pot itself. And I felt like, well, me and him would share in the glories, the spoils, and Donnie, you know, of the Carbon Suricillo show. A little one-sided there with my name on it, I agree. Uh, but we couldn't think of a name. <laughs> Which I thought was great. I, I don't care about all the details. You know, it's it's the content. Is this, is this entertaining to you? Our struggles, me and Mike's struggles, and our inability to, to focus on what we were doing. But the motivation at some point got high enough where we got on Amazon. Well, he did. And gave me a list of things to buy, which I did, and we set it up. And now it's back to just talking into my computer because it's the easiest thing, hitting the QuickTime player, recording the audio, and doing this. And I don't think it's over for uh, the pod. I don't know if me and Mike will do a pod again together. That's, that's who knows? Maybe when I go back to Florida and I figure out how long I'm going to spend on there, we can get back together. But you have to do things when the time is hot. You know, they say that. When the time is hot, strike the iron. I believe that's the exact quote. Strike the iron while it's hot. Hit it, hit it with a sledge. If you're a blacksmith and you've made your irons hot in your pit of fire, take your sledge. Yeah, that's when you do it. Strike the iron. Yeah, don't strike that iron when it's cold. That would have oh, You ever do that? No, I mean, we don't even hit irons anymore. If you have a small mini sledge and you hit it against a cold piece of iron, you know, it's gonna, your hand's gonna get damaged for sure. <laughs> because the, the vibration on using that hammer and hitting a piece of steel, it's better when it's softer, is what they're saying. Mold that piece of iron while it's hot, when it's blazing. When that podcast motivation was hot and blazing, we started molding it. What, what's this gonna be? What's this pod going to be? And it didn't have any form. It didn't have any form, which I started thinking, well, that's the way it should be. I don't like watching sitcoms anymore. The written material to pretend there's a situation that's comedic. That's a sitcom. Podcasts, on the other hand, you know, you play off other people. It's improv. It's long-form comedy that you have no idea where it's going. Some people have more structure. You know, Corolla's podcast is very structured, or used to be. I have no idea. Because, you know, my passion for that podcast is waning. It used to be, it used to be, and maybe he was one of the guys, too, that I was jealous of. Let's put him in the bucket of jealousy. Um, but I stopped listening. Yeah, because some of the topics became monotonous. Some of the, just things, I, I'm not good with routine and ritual over too much time. And I listened to that podcast for a long-ass time, a long-ass time. Then Kill Tony came around. 
And now I'm listening to that. And I'm putting myself on his stage. And I'm imagining myself in Austin. And I'm thinking, oh, come on. I didn't come up with the idea of doing one-minute comics on my show that are amateurs. Well, God bless, man. See, the original thought is harder to produce and go with because it's risky and scary. But when someone else does it and they're successful, then everybody wants to mimic it. So anybody that's got an original idea that's giving it a shot and attempting to do it, you should clap for that person, applaud for that person, right? But we don't. We mock them. We go, what? Who the fuck thought that was a great idea? We're going to give away a million dollars to some random stranger on the street. That's Mr. Beast, right? The Mr. Beast guy, which I don't really watch him, but... It's hard not to pay attention to a guy who is just giving away cars and money and it's crazy that made him famous. You know, what's the unique idea? And seeking it uh, is a sickness at some point. You want to be the person who comes up with the unique idea to make money, of course. Of course. Or, you know, and it's not even about gaining status because status just really becomes money. You know, what's it all for? Why do I need status? Why do I need to be more famous? Why do I need to be more recognized? To get more gigs? To get more money, right? It's it's part of success. It's part of the way that business operates. It doesn't matter if it's comedy. It could be the pizza place. Uh, well, let's see. We put cheese now in the crust and call it cheesy crust. But that's working. It's working for some company, so another company mimics it. But in the beginning, maybe someone said, well, you it's crazy. You don't put you know, like every old school Italian I ever know around here. They're all one sided. Very, uh, they're they're hard headed. Is what we used to call them. They're not changing uh, to do better or taking a chance because they don't want to be like a lot of embarrassment. Embarrassment is like this weird thing that stops people from doing things, from asking questions, from trying new things, from from experimenting. Uh, at least from where I come from, to be embarrassed about something. You know, I don't know if I should try this voice on stage. I might look like a clown. You're on stage to be a clown. Do the voice. Put the cheese in the in the pizza crust and call it cheesy bread. Please do something. Ask a question with the chance of your uncle going, what are you asking me that for? What are you writing a book? The fuck you don't know the... Yeah, look. People try to stop you. But if you are successful with cheesy bread, if you are successful with the new voice that you tried on stage, money, status, fame, whatever you want to call it, whatever you were trying to achieve now happens. That's how it happens. And then, of course, you now have the ability and the confidence to do it again and again and again. And then that's why it looks easy for a veteran like me to do something like this or be on stage. People are like, how do you do it? I've been doing it 36 years. You know, it's just like any other job. Let's take that blacksmith striking that hot iron. Oh, you think you could do it because you watched him do it for 10 seconds? Go put the freaking iron in the coals. Pull it out without burning your hands when it's glowing red. And go take that sledge that you thought... Look pretty easy to wield, Thor. <laughs> Go ahead and grab your hammer, Thor. And let's see if you can make a, a spear on your anvil. Well, you can't. The blacksmith 
the comedian, the comic, the pizza maker, the sitcom writer, the experience, the veterans make it look easy. The pros make it look easy. You watch a baseball game, you think you're gonna hit that ball. You're watching the pitch come in, they slow it down, they put the computer box up, they show a ball or a strike, the guy hits it, right? And you're like, I could do that. Really? Go try it against that pitcher. Nothing is as easy as it looks. It's it's when someone makes it look easy, when someone's successful at it, because someone took a chance to look like a clown or a fool and did it. Because, you know, people strike out and people die on stage. And people get berated by their uncles. You see, it just happened to me. That's why it's fresh. All these things are fresh. You know, when you... When you pay attention to what's happening, which I think some people call me an overthinker. You're thinking too much about, yeah, I am. And that's why I turned into comedy. What am I gonna do with this information now that I've gathered? Uh, I'm like I'm like Google Maps. You know, I'm like a I'm like a, a little car with a giant eye on it that's driving through your neighborhood, mapping all of the streets and ways put on a map that's my brain every day I'm walking through and it's unbelievable the computer screen went black I pressed the button to bring the screen back and it stopped recording again fun fun maybe it was worth keeping Donnie no it, it really was worth keeping Donnie Mike I don't know Donnie for sure for sure <laughs> yes my brain is like Google Maps you know, it's a good way to put it. Um, my head's basically recording everything that I see as I maneuver myself through the world. So sitting at Sunday dinner with my family yesterday, looking at my uncle, listening to him, wondering what makes him tick, you know, how he gets through life. And, you know, he's, he's got some interesting angles on life. So it's interesting to look at a person like that and then realize where has he been, what has he done, who does he encounter. And then going to a comedy club and talking to a, a young comic who has been out there doing gigs with younger people and paying attention to the media that's presented to him today and wondering what he thinks and his perspective. People have so many different perspectives and ideas and my job really is not to be, I'm not part of that. I mean, I am, you know, I, I am. I am uh, an individual, but I'm more of, it's kind of like a historian, you know, somebody who is not interested in his own history. He's looking at the history of everybody else and maybe even current history while he's experiencing it himself. It's hard to do because you're detaching your own personal experiences. Can I participate in it without, without overthinking and judging the situations because I'm trying to evaluate these things objectively and through my own personal experience, subjectively. You know, I'm trying to laugh and then wonder why did I laugh at that? <laughs> that's a weird thing, right? Because now, I mean, that's what happens in comics. We, we, we think it's funny, but what, what has happened is we just can't have the spontaneous laugh. When that happens, that's a beautiful thing for me. 
But most of the time, I laugh, and then I wonder, why did I laugh at that? Because I'm trying to break it down comedically for my own purposes and to understand comedy more. Why did I laugh at that? Why does that person laugh at it? Why does a group laugh at something? You know, that's, I think that's a thought that I've never thought about. It's great that we did this podcast together today, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for helping me now do a podcast as I'm analyzing myself doing the podcast. It's like a mirror that you look in with a mirror behind you that goes forever into infinity. You're trying to look into the mirror in multiple mirrors. Uh, we'll figure this out one day as, a, as humans. This, this idea of are we, what are we actually um, sensing? Do we have more than, is it five senses? See, if Donnie was here, I could ask him, or Mike. Is it five senses that we have? See, hear, smell, taste, touch? <laughs> Is that the five? Please call. Call the show. We don't have the number. Again, there's no number. Make sure I covered all the senses. Did I cover them all? Smell, look. Here, oh, the fucking mic would have lost it if I was said I have this the sense of looking instead of seeing. I could see him right now sitting across from me, high as a kite, going, "What did you just say? That's looking is your sense? Yeah, look, the, I have this the sense of looking. One of my senses is looking. <laughs> I'm looking at you right now. I'm sensing you." I gotta hear my own voice. It's this is boring in some ways. I'm doing it, but I'm bored. Could you imagine it? I'm bored. Because I need Mike to play off of. I would be horrible by myself. You ever see those people that want to do the alone thing? We're gonna get a cabin in the woods in Alaska alone. That's fucking crazy. What? I uh, <laughs> I was in New York three days ago, New York City. It's a lot of people, but not as much as it used to be. And I like that. Now, none of the people really pay attention to you. Mm. And everybody wants to be paid attention to kind of why you're in New York, right? If you didn't want a lot of people surrounding you, you wouldn't go to New York. And I think the reason people want people to pay attention to them is various, but it all does come back down to money. Pay attention to my business. <clears throat> pay attention to my skills. It all, it, it elevates you. Elevates you to a certain point. But there's a price to pay in New York City. And I made a video about this. I said, it's a fight to live there. It's not easy. It's not easy. You don't get picked up in a cab as soon as you step out into your street. It's not easy. None of this is easy. And people are mad at me for saying this. Because, oh, you're making New York look bad. 
No, I made a 10-minute video, and I took out about 60 seconds. So it's out of context. But I don't care if you're mad. You know, you're, you're stupid if you're mad. Uh, it's just dumb, really, what people get mad about. But my whole point was that you got to be a champ to live in that city. And the people who are living there who have done it, who do it, um, maybe they don't see that anymore. Maybe they're so accustomed to all the things that you got to do to survive in that city that they don't see it anymore. They don't feel it anymore. And that's really what we call developing the, the tough skin, the, the, the rough exterior that goes back to the blacksmith. These are old quotes. You got to have a tough exterior. I think that's the exact quote. This guy's got a tough piece of skin covering his bones. I think that's the exact quote. <laughs> the skin covering this man's bones and muscles are, is very tough. It's a very simple quote. Just remember that. When somebody is, is, uh, is, is not easily offended, when somebody can handle a lot of pain, when somebody can deal with a lot of pressure, you say to them, man, you got a piece of skin that is tough that covers your bones. And they'll know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> tough skin, son of a gun. That's what these people are. And I said in the video that I applaud them, which I immediately analyzed the word applaud. I don't say that. <clears throat> Respect people that do that. Yeah, I do. But they got mad at me for making it sound like it was really tough to live in. Oh, you must be a pussy or what. I'm not saying that I can't do it. I choose not to do it, by the way. I can do it. But the passion for it. Remember? Remember I was talking about the passion for things? The passion to put on the podcast? The passion to write comedy? The passion to, to, to lose weight? All these things take passion, motivation. What if you don't have it anymore? What if you've that is something you should think about. Wow. What if you don't have it anymore? Should you try to reignite it? Or should you say, I have, I'm, I'm content. I have no passions or motivations. And I like to do status quo. That's my new t-shirt. Status quo. Everything the way it is right now for the rest of my life. See, that's not me. That's not me. Because I have some other weird nagging thing that yells at me and says, you are still alive. You, mean, you need to achieve more, try more, make more, be more, let's not even say successful because success, I think, to say you need to be more successful is the problem. All you have to do is just do it. It doesn't matter if it's successful. It doesn't really because you're, that's the, that's the destination, right? Success and failure are the destinations. And people will say, here's the exact quote. <laughs> it's not the destination. It's the part of the path where you're going toward the destination. That's the exact quote. It's not the destination. It's the part of the path that you're on to the destination. Now, see, I know the real quote. It's the journey. But now I'm making a fake quotation. <laughs> It's not the path. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Don't say that. It's too easy. From now on, say, look, it's not the destination. It's the, it's the part of 
It's the path. <laughs> okay, look, I'm not even smoking weed. And here's what I'm doing. Talking like a goof. It's the journey, man. So if you failed at attempting to do anything, you're experiencing something, right? Oh, my God. I just talked myself back into staying in stand-up comedy. See? I knew it. God bless it. I'm so ready to quit. I'm not getting to my destination. Exactly. You know, I'm not getting to the, the peak of the mountain. I keep getting up, and then we kind of walk around the mountain. We never get to the peak. I just talked myself back into staying on the mountain. Oh, thank you, everyone, for listening to a podcast that helps me from not watching TV. Maybe I just wanted to lay on the couch. Of course I could do that, but I can't do it anymore. I've trained myself to feel very, very bad about laying on the couch. That's how I did it. Make yourself feel like crap if you relax too much. You are not deserving of this couch time. You didn't do enough. Go do enough and come back to the couch. Why is the couch so good? <laughs> they make it that way. They make the couch good, folks. You know, the good material, the air conditioning, the uh, the streaming networks. It's it's the cheapest thing in the world, right? You could live in, in a hole and still have a decent place to lay. You can get the internet and you can have, you know, some cool air blowing. It, that, that's the minimums, right? Why is it so good to do nothing? Is that the name of this podcast? Why is it so good to do nothing? Well, because when you reach 60, and I think people are trying to say this on TikTok now, no one cares what you do. It's you. If you are fine with laying on a couch, if that's what you want to do, there is no judgment. There is no scorekeeping. that gets. You, it, there's no prize. Because you were super successful and ran a chain of pizza places or you were the guy on the couch. As long as, as you're, I don't want to say happy, as long as you were okay. If, if like Some people have to stay very busy and run those pizza places or else they will go insane. And some people don't need the pizza places and are completely content with just laying on the couch. Well, who do you want to be? What's the what's the real end game here? Okay, you made you made money in the pizza places. You didn't make money on the couch. But I'm going to tell you something. Passion goes away for spending money. You have to for your necessities. But I think uh, like yesterday, my my cousin said to me, "Why don't you crack crack it open?" He's talking about my wall. Crack it open. Why don't you Why don't you crack for a um, a Lamborghini, or why don't you crack? No, what do you say? I don't know, Lamborghini, some stupid car. All right, what he's telling me, what he's trying to tell me to do is go spend my money. Why don't you spend your money? <clears throat> it's interesting. Why? Why do you want me to spend my money? Hmm. I think I know why. See, if I spend my money foolishly, I become the fool again. I become the needy one again. I don't need money right now, as far as 
the basics. I'm okay with just enough money to live fairly comfortably without working too hard. You know, I'm, I've saved all these years. Man, what a dumb thing it would be to fuck that up, right? That's really dumb, especially for a comedian who does not have... You know, the income in comedy is not steady, and it's, it's not guaranteed, and it's weird. You know, when is the money going to come? So when you get it, you gotta you got to hoard it. I should be on money hoarders. That's not a cheap person. That's a scared person. I don't want to spend my money too casually because I don't know where it's going to come from. Uh, you see the pod's not doing well. <laughs> it's not coming from the pod. I don't have 10 minutes of sponsorship commercials like Kill Tony. Oh, don't get nuts, Carm. I enjoy Kill Tony. Don't analyze that too much. Um, hey, I'm not getting booked at monster venues or none of that. I'm not a fan. You know, you got to realize... Okay, well, how do you stay on the mountain even if you circle it? You still got to bring in some cash. You still got to make sure that you, your expenditures don't exceed your, your intake. See, this pod has become a finance lesson. No, it's a social lesson in making sure that you don't judge yourself too hard. Don't judge yourself too hard. So you didn't make it, Carm. You didn't make it. David Letterman never knew who you were. Let's see. Let's let's even go lower. Jim Gaffigan doesn't know. Oh, he's still high. I can't go any lower because you might not know who these people are. Let's say I just wanted the owner of Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in Detroit to know who I am. He doesn't know me. Okay? So, yeah. There's things I didn't achieve. Am I okay with it? Yeah, I have a couch. I have streaming services. I ate some chocolate yesterday. I'm not actually working today. I might go play golf. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Unless I now sit and think too hard and make myself feel bad, which was basically my personality trait to do to help motivate myself to get further. At, at what cost? That's an exact quote. You ever hear that? At what cost? That's what people say. Well, you achieved it. How's that working for you? At what cost? Hmm. Should we rearrange that quote? At what cost should now be, well, at what amount of effort and time and money I can't think of one, sorry. At what cost? <clears throat> At what cost to do what you thought was going to put you somewhere else? Sometimes the reward that you thought you wanted, that instant gratification which you wanted, was not as good, not as great as, as what you had it in your brain. You were watching someone else achieve it. Sebastian Maniscalco, amazing, right? His his success, and you know when you look at a uh, a tour schedule, and you say, "Wow, this guy's everywhere and he's working major theaters," is it that great? <laughs> I was looking at the computer, not at you, or Mike. Is it that great? 
Um, man, I don't know. You got to travel. It's hotels. Even if it's high end, you still got to go out there. Is it what you want? Okay, so that's maybe the better question. It's pretty great. But is it what you want? I don't want a big house anymore. I achieved a big house. And now to think about it, when I look at a big house, I go, it's great. That's a great home. Do I want that? No. I don't want it. I don't want the upkeep. I don't want the headaches that come along with it. Is it great to have the house and then have it all taken care of? Well, that's a different game, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. I now live in a small condo that doesn't take much upkeep or much money to maintain. Hmm. 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 That sounds like winning. It sounds like winning. It might not sound like winning to somebody who's on the way up with heavy passion to achieve more. But you will find out once you achieve a lot, sometimes that end, that, that thing that you wanted instantly, that you learned that you couldn't have, that you had to delay to get that gratification, maybe, maybe, and they talk about this, maybe it was the wrong ladder to climb. You ever see that? That's, that's a corporate thing. Are you climbing the right ladder, right? So you want to climb the ladder of success and they show three ladders and the guy realizes that's not even the ladder he wanted to be on. He made it all the way to the top and he's like, fuck, this is not what I wanted. But how did you get on that ladder? How did you get on that ladder? That's the problem. Somebody else told you that was the right ladder to get on. Somebody said to you, why don't you go buy a Lamborghini or a Beamer? That, I don't even want that. But because somebody that you thought maybe knew more than you, maybe was getting more respect than you, told you to do something, that that was the way to get what he had. Well, I should do what he tells me to do because he's getting more of what I think I want. No, no, no. You don't want that ladder. You don't want that car. You don't want that house. That's half the battle, my friends. Figure out what you want. Do you want to be in the, the comedy clubs? Nah, not really. Do you want to deal with the owners and the hotel? And No, I like, you know what I want? I want to perform in front of the people. I like the gig. I like the gig. I don't even want the planned gig. I like the spontaneous gig where you walk up and the crowd's already there watching another comic and someone says, you want to do 10 minutes? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I wasn't even interested in doing comedy tonight until I saw the show. But that's not how it, it works. That's why you're a pro at what you do. Because it's not spontaneous, but you make it look spontaneous. Like it just happened. And like you never put any effort toward it. When the guy comes running out onto the field and he's a he's playing in the NFL and the guy's jacked and he's ready and he scores a TD didn't just happen folks this guy's been lifting and going to summer drills and practicing and he's, he was in high school and college or maybe even peewee football before that no no nothing just happens No, I got I just motivated myself for the day. I was so ready to stay in these pajamas, my loose shorts, my big shirt. Now I just motivated myself. Be careful. 
Be careful. That's my last thing I'll say to you. Be careful. Don't. <laughs> Maybe don't motivate yourself so much, okay? Maybe just go play golf or pickleball. I'm just trying to demotivate now. Just, no, nah, it's too late. It's too late. I am now going to go out and achieve. Yes.